Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ghost Maps. Entry 5. Mount Pleasant Road. As we dismount Alice's bike and undo the straps of our helmets, she tells me that this stretch of road was quieter in the 80s. She adds wistfully that a lot of things were quieter back then. I've known Alice for a number of years. She does what I do. In a sense, keeping track of things and history of this country. Her focus, however, has always been specifically on roads and streets. That's why, instead of meeting her interviewees at a coffee shop like I do, she brings them out to the locations themselves on her bike. It's different for roads, she tells me. She likens roads to the veins of the country. They're transient by their very nature. She explains that that's why it's good for the interviewee to be in the place itself. It grounds them in the experience. I nod and tell her that I see her point. Then we continue walking down the road. It's the middle of the afternoon, and we are at the start of Mount Pleasant Road. Alice wanted to tell me about one of her own personal experiences, but she wanted to do it her way. She tells me that it's a short ride from here to the Singapore Polo Club. But that short ride is where it all happened. I tell her to start from the beginning. It was 1986, and Alice was riding through this area with May, a girlfriend of hers. It was about seven in the evening, and the pair were headed back to May's place in Thompson. Alice herself had taken this route many times prior, though she adds that those other rides were during the day. She admits that it might have been possible that she had missed little details before, but she knew the route itself pretty well, which was why she found it strange that as she approached the turning towards Mount Pleasant Drive, there was a gate on her left. She had never seen that gate before. Beyond it was a dirt path that wound around several tall trees. Atop each pillar of the gate 
were ceramic birds that were covered in a thick layer of moss. The moment Alice's bike passed by the gates, its engine began sputtering and shut down entirely. The pair got off the bike and Alice began inspecting the engine to see what the problem was. Light was fading and the canopy of the surrounding trees only made it harder to get a good look without a flashlight. After about half a minute of inspecting the engine and the bike, Alice was still unable to find anything wrong. That's what May said. Maybe they can help. Alice stood up, looked in the direction where May was pointing, and felt her blood run cold. May would later describe what she saw was a nice elderly couple. The man wore old man khakis and a buttock shirt. The woman was dressed in a traditional kabaya. The man, May would say, was waving them over, almost as if to offer them help. What Alice saw was something else entirely. Help me push the bike, May, Alice said. She had hoped she had said it with enough urgency, but without panicking May. May, however, seemed entranced. She kept telling Alice that the nice man looked like he wanted to help. Finally, Alice yelled at me. Push the damn bike! Right now! May shook her head, almost as if to dust the cobwebs out of her mind. And she grabbed one of the handles and helped Alice push the bike in the direction of the polo club. After just a few meters, Alice tried the bike again and came to life almost immediately. The pair looked back and May could still see the old man waving at her. But the elderly couple looked different at this distance. It looked almost as if they were shimmering, like the further Alice and me got from them, the harder it was for the couple to keep up their facade. Alice told me to get on the bike, and they rode down, past the polo club, and onto Thompson, where the road was a bit more crowded. I asked Alice what she saw. She paused a moment before answering. She points out first that Bucket Brown Cemetery was nearby, to the right of us, just beyond the road. Then she adds that what she saw wasn't a spirit. She tells me that she saw two young girls, both dressed in identical kabayas. Their hair was covering their faces. 
they knew that Alice knew that it was just a disguise. She says that's why their facade barely held up. She saw just one pair of red eyes glaring beyond the girls. And she could have sworn that she heard a snarl. Alice pauses again, then shudders next to me, despite the warm afternoon sun beating down on us. I've had experiences before that. Unexplained things. And weird sensations. But nothing so direct, Alice says. She adds that that's the moment she knew she had to do what we do. She shrugs, then asks me in a lighter tone, what was the moment that I knew? The one experience that I had that made me what I am today. I tell her, that's a story for another time. And I'll tell it to her on my terms. She smiles, punches me in the arm, and says that we should head back to the bike. I smile back and follow her as she walks back the way we came. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now.